0: to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Cap Show, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable, and it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I have, wow, Laurie Stack with me. Welcome, Laurie. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And Laurie is from LaunchX, which I'm so excited to dive into. And I know you have quite the story. uh, So we are going to have so much fun chatting about this. But can you get us started, Laurie, maybe with... Uh, tell us a little bit about LaunchX and how you kind of got
1: there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So LaunchX is an entrepreneurship program for high school students. And um, it's it's so meaningful to me because I know, gosh, when I was in high school I, and well, young in general, I had so much creativity, passion, drive, wanted to take on the world. And, um, you know, adults would always just say, oh, my gosh, you're going to do great things someday, you know, and you have a degree and experience someday. Um but yeah, I know once I, once I got my degrees, I, I got off into my first jobs. And um, yeah, it was a little bit like anxiety producing, to be honest. Like I, I got my undergraduate degree from MIT. And so I remember those first jobs just feeling like I had to be this like smart person. So being asked to take initiative on projects and creatively problem solve and make these decisions about the perfect information of homework was was so different. Um, and, and so I was like almost afraid to speak up at times. So I love entrepreneurship education for bringing together um, like these skills and mindset, like preparing students with the real skills and mindset for their futures, but also believing that they're capable of great things now. So that's kind of like how LaunchX, LaunchX came to be. <laughs> Wow, I love
0: that. And there's so many things I want to definitely pick apart with you. Um, But before we get to that, uh, how long long has LaunchEx been running um, and how long have you, I guess, uh, been trying to promote it for now?
1: Yeah, so the first summer of the program was 2013. It was an idea in uh, the fall of 2012 and first
0: program in 2013. Awesome. So if we, okay, I love that. So uh, it was an idea in the fall of 2012. Where were you at that time when this
1: idea the scene came about for you what were you doing um yeah I was, I was I was like at brunch with a friend uh just chatting through honestly like that that exact kind of like frustration um mm-hmm. and you know had gone to business school by that point um and um like what, what was cool about that is so I had gone to undergraduate for engineering and so um, like engineer mindset. And, and this is something that I know, for me, like, I would become this, like, good little engineer that was like, all right, there was like a black and white answer for everything, uh, which I think also kind of led to some of that mentality afterwards, that was like, almost like, concern about how I'd be perceived if I ever gave the wrong answer. Yeah. Uh, to then um, business school, where it was just such an eye opener to be able to see that So often there wasn't a clear right and wrong answer. Mm. Uh, And then, so I I was at brunch with a a friend one day and she'd kind of had a similar journey. Uh, She'd gone, you know, like Georgia Tech to to HBS. And so over brunch that day, we were like, man, you know, it, it was just this kind of like evolution journey from, you know, in the school having these multiple choice tests thinking there was this clear right and wrong and then being an engineer and kind of bucketing ourselves into that and and then like gradually getting ourselves back to this younger mindset of having this open world of possibilities and, and seeing, seeing all those possibilities and, and not seeing as much of a right and wrong. So how do we keep that world of possibilities open yeah. and allow there to to be that um because yeah I like when, when I had bucketed myself into that like right and wrong black and white engineer like there, there was this part of me that felt like oh my gosh I don't I don't know that I fit in anywhere <laughs> like there was this almost like insecurity of like oh my gosh like so afraid of being wrong <laughs> yeah. well, uh,
0: Yes, oh, I was going to say I know exactly what you mean because, I mean, it, it sounds very similar to my own journey. You know, I went uh, first first migrant family, Asian, which already is like expectations <laughs> of, you know, doing the right things and, you know, it was really super high. Um, and it was exactly like I went to law school. I, you know, went to the top high school and it was just all, yeah, test after test after test, multiple choice. Um, So completely, so I love what you're doing and I love that you are, you have essentially gone back to like, yeah, let's help these younger students open up because we've been so, we've become so close and, you know, kind of understandable in a way it's not great but it's kind of understandable when you go like you know the education system is there for a lot of people um and you know just because of bureaucracy and having systems and stuff like that this is the best way that they can actually provide you know do the best they can so I love that you're kind of bringing back some of this like let's let's open it back up and explore it um so tell okay so 2012 you had you had this conversation.
1: So then were you working at the time or had you just graduated? Um I was working. I was okay. um I, I was working at BCG. So a notoriously wow. time demanding yes. job as a management <laughs> consultant. Yeah. Uh yeah. And and so I, I did definitely apply some of my like management consulting mindset to it because yeah it it was just kind of a this this conversation over brunch that I mean, I know a lot of people assume that once you have this idea, it's kind of this like light bulb moment, and you know, the, the clouds part and like sun shines down, and then all of a sudden oh, um, it's it's not. <laughs> there, there was there's definitely this part of me that was like, huh, that's that's interesting, that's a cool idea, and started to sketch together kind of like outline of a, a business plan. So it was, you know, hmm, like what what would this look like if it were to be say, you know, a summer program, um, you know, felt like it would need to be something that would go outside of the current education system.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know,
1: if it were summer 2013, what would it look like from, you know, the resources and the timeline and financials and operations and kind of like sketch together some of those different components of what it would need to be just to say, mm-hmm. you know, is it feasible? Is there demand? Um, like, what would it take to be able to do this? And then yeah. sat back and said, okay, like, well, what would be the, the next steps? Like, what would, you know, what's the like test then invest? Yes. <laughs> thing yeah. Of this? Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of people assume that the first step of, of testing is particularly with something like this, that would be say like an education component would be to, oh, put together a curriculum and see if people like that. But absolutely not. The curriculum isn't the most important piece of something like this. It's seeing whether or not students actually want something. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, seeing if there was a way to, to test that piece in a really low risk manner. Um, so whether that's actually, you know, going out there and talking to some students, whipping up a really simple landing page of a website and kind of A-B testing some different messaging, um, going to a summer program is fair and having a booth and talking to some students and, yeah. and getting their perspective. And I think a lot of people also assumed that the right stakeholder to talk to would be parents since they would be the ones that would be the you know economic buyer if I'm going to use yes. those, like <laughs> they'd be the ones paying for yes. their kids to attend. Uh, but the way I always thought about it was that even though they were the ones paying for their kids to attend, the student was really my customer. Like, they were the ones that really had to want to come yeah. um, and kind of sell their parents on whether or not they wanted to. Uh, so, so it was seeing whether or not the student actually really wanted to, to attend. And I remember even sometimes at those summer program fairs, once we got a few months into it, uh, we had, for example, and that, this is getting a really detailed, but like, there was a part of the application where they had to put together a few slides, PowerPoint for it in that first year. Now it's a video, but a few slides. And mm-hmm. I remember a parent just being appalled at the idea of that. Her thought was that by the end of you know a week of the program or maybe even the whole program, a team might have slides. And the kid was just embarrassed of their mother. They were like, mom, oh, it's not a big deal. And, <laughs> and I think that was just such a, a great example of how we hold these students to such high standards, and they love being held to those high standards. And and why it was so important to talk to the the students. Yeah. Uh, so I think there were just moments like that that were kind of reinforcing that, like, yeah, I think we're on to something here.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's okay. So you went from idea of fall 2012, and then you your first intake was um, in 2013, summer of 2013. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so there wasn't a lot of time in between, really. So, <laughs> talk us through like almost, yeah, 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 you know, and, and as you said, this is generally what happens is that, you know, you might be, you know, talking to someone and you kind of have like the seed of an idea and then you kind of like it kind of germinates a little bit and, you know, but that you, you move pretty quickly. So, yeah, and, and then you went to,
1: um, uh, fairs, was that what, you, right? Like, Um, yeah yeah Yeah. like among many different marketing channels and I mean I'll be I'll be honest there were so many moments of doubt in that first year of whether or not this was going to be able to happen (laughs) so
0: and
1: and I I think a lot of a lot of founders have those moments and like even if I would compare it to and like clearly we're not anywhere in the scale of say like an, an Airbnb that had their moments of like you know, only like a few rooms rented in <laughs> the first, you know, six months or year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I remember in that first year, we had our early and regular application deadline and, um, you know, I had certain targets of how many applicants I wanted to have because, you know, realized that, um, you know, we had our goals of what success meant to us for LaunchX uh, because as I said, you know, there's certain things that are important of why a program like this matters. I mean, to me, as I looked at little Lori, there there were aspects of, you know, yeah, building the right skills and mindset and creating something real and having that amazing community, because I did realize later in life, having gone to say MIT and HBS, just how important having that community would Mm -hmm. be. Um, But then from the bigger company perspective perspective, um, just seeing that you know GDP is highly correlated to entrepreneurial activity, and yeah. seeing what the future of work looks like, we need to be preparing students with this like adaptability and initiative. Just given yeah. the work setting, so yeah. you know, piecing these different things together, um, you know, just just gave me a bit of perspective of seeing like, okay, we need to have a decent number of applicants to be able to have this like amazing community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I like I set up early focused metrics so that I wouldn't get too distracted by the millions of things that you can potentially try to do in a startup. Uh, But then the early application numbers came in and, you know, I had my target of, you know, total number of applications and knew that X percent came in, in the early round. And so that meant that we needed to have 60 applications in the early round. Mm we have five. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Gosh. Um, okay. Yeah. So talk us through that moment. Like that would have been crushing. Yeah, it was. And I mean, every startup founder has hundreds of moments like that, that you are like, you know, waiting by your computer to see like, all right, you know, like we just put out this huge promotion. What is the web tra- site traffic going to be? Like we just did this. What are, you know, yeah, and like early <laughs> application deadline. All right, like let's see how these trickle in. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, like in those moments, it's it's like okay, like what other marketing efforts are there going to be? Right, like. I mean, and I think for some entrepreneurs, if you're not doing something that you feel really strongly about, those are the moments that they go back and say like, okay, this, this just means that there's not enough demand. Yeah. And and they, they throw in the towel. Yeah. But for the people who know that it is a worthwhile endeavor and that all that means is that they haven't found the right channels, that they haven't, you know because entrepreneurship isn't a if you build it they will come right uh, <laughs> it, it's a, yeah. a hard work yeah. and the hustle yeah. and like yeah so so it was then about saying okay i i haven't found the right channels yet i have like i need i need to put in a lot more of that effort and time to mm-hmm. to be able to figure out what will work and my team now hears me say at least once a week data drives decisions Yes. So, all right, let's throw a bunch of spaghetti on the wall and see, like, all right, what is what is sticking? What are the numbers telling us? Where do we invest more? You know, and, and how do we, like, look at cost-benefit across everything, whether that cost is, like, time or actual money? How do we look at the value of each of those things? Um, and yeah. Yeah, there's always going to be those tough moments, but, like, the, the true test is going to be our resiliency throughout that and how we, like... Yes pick each other up or pick ourselves up yeah there's there's a lot totally. of it
0: <laughs> yeah, wow I love I love that and thank you for sharing that moment because I you know as any entrepreneur I think can completely that completely resonates so like we've all as you said we've all had those moments like oh gosh the number of times I've had those moments too much to count but um then so you had that was an early application and how long did you have until Complete applications completely closed between
1: um, think, the application round and yeah. I can't remember if it was another like month and a half or two months until the the regular application. So then okay. it was
0: yeah. So you were like Still hustle, understood. hustle, yeah.
1: hustle. Okay, <laughs> did you reach your goal? Um. So very, 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 very close to it. It was. Right. It was enough that it was like. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was when you could celebrate a little bit and be like, okay, we think we have I think we have something here.
1: Awesome. Okay.
0: So then let's keep let's keep going a little bit. So um you were still working full time, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then you've got this thing that was getting started.
1: How long did it take for you? Did
0: are you still working full-time now or are you in your business full-time yet?
1: launch X is full time. So for the summer, what I did was um I took a sabbatical for the summer and then um, yeah, that was my little bit of like hedge in the same way that you might hear like a Mark Zuckerberg like took a year off from Harvard yeah. and then just never returned. Yeah, <laughs> I took my sabbatical and yeah. then, and never, then returned. never returned. <laughs> All
0: right. And so what gave you like, you know, because that's, you know, generally when people are in and, you know, you would have been a, a pretty high-paying role as well. And generally when people have that decision to make, they're kind of like, okay, I want my business to at least be making enough for it to cover the income that I was on or, you know, they have a particular goal in mind. Did you have a particular goal in mind for that for you or were you just like, I'm happy to rough this out because I know this is what I'm meant to be doing?
1: Um, yeah, so th- this is, this is going to sound so cheesy, but um, when I started this company, like, so I was really happy at BCG. Before I started this, I loved the kind of work I was doing. It was so intellectually fulfilling. I had brilliant peers and it was the kind of problem solving I wanted to do. I went to business school knowing I wanted to be a management consultant. I know Mm -hmm. it's something that a lot of people like end up doing to keep options open and they enjoy it and everything. And I I went there knowing that's what I wanted to do. But when I started LaunchX, I, I call it, and this is such a cheesy phrase, professional enlightenment (laughs) because I didn't know you could get so much from your work. Mm -hmm. Um, Just this, this sense of like meaning and impact and all of these other things. So I um, like my first job out of undergrad, I was so happy with how much I was making. I was like, so long as I make at least this much, I'm not going to make a decision based on money. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't, and I'm, I'm proud of myself for not doing that. So, um, it, it hasn't been a decision based on money for me. I know that a lot of people aren't in a position to be able to do that. So I feel really fortunate that it hasn't been a financial decision for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it was, it was an easy decision for me to be. Awesome, able to do. <laughs> I, love that. I love
0: that. Okay, so I do, I do want to get into the marketing side, but just really as quickly as we can, I guess. Um let's go back to your experience because you know your experience being that, you know, going to engineering, I mean you would have you were a, a, you are, I should say were, you are a very smart cookie because you, you know, got into MIT. assume uh, so you went to a good high school, you did got top grades, did all the things. Um, so what was that like for you to almost have that realization that like that you maybe felt like throughout that process, that throughout the journey, you had been boxed or you had been molded in a certain way. When you made that realization, like what did that feel like for you? Because it's it can sometimes, I mean some of us might be like, oh yeah, what it's it is what it is. But you know, some of us can have, you know, it's kind of like OMG, what <laughs> what was I doing? What have I been doing in my life? Like, yeah, talk us through that.
1: Yeah. And it's it's something that I mean, to be honest, this is something that I I have struggled with a decent number of times throughout my, like, not just, not just career, but like throughout my life in general. Cause I mean, I, I like, I was the type that loved like math and science growing up and like have that like engineering mindset. And so I have kind of like mentally bucketed myself as like, all right, yeah. Like I, I think a bit differently. And I, I even remember at some point having a, a conversation with uh, you know, partner of of launch x um who was you know telling me like oh man you do so well at like business development and I was like oh no I I don't I'm I'm an engineer mindset person uh, <laughs> and then I, I remember sitting back and reflecting and I was like oh wow like why can't I just take that compliment that I do well like developing partnerships um And I I think it's just something that I I have always had that bit of security. It's like insecurity of of that, like, I don't fit in anywhere because, well, I have the, like, engineer piece. I have the, like, business school piece. I have the, like, you know, I enjoyed art sometimes growing up. Um, And so it's taken me such a long time to be able to, like, reframe that in a different way of, like, no, no, it's not that I don't fit in anywhere. It's that I actually kind of fit in everywhere. And that's the awesome thing about being an entrepreneur is that you have this amazing like chameleon-like ability yes. yeah. <laughs> to be able to adapt. Like that is an entrepreneur is like having this amazing adaptability and initiative, uh and action orientation to be able to go and do anything anywhere. Um, I think on the flip side of it, there are some entrepreneurs who feel like they need they need to do everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which which can be a difficulty. Um, instead of trying to bring in the right people to do other pieces, so I, I think I've had like one end of the spectrum of that, whereas some people can have the other side of it. Um, but I know that's something that has taken a little while for me to be able to like overcome that challenge of like mentally bucketing myself into that. Like, Oh, I'm an engineer. I I think of things in this way. And therefore like, that is what I do <laughs> versus trying to like, think of it in terms of like, no, no, no reframe. Like I have this like awesome adaptability and, yes. uh, and here's what that means.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love it because um, I've been, I've been going through uh, my same struggles for me. It's always been, I've always used my introversion as an excuse you know a lot of times like well I can't go and develop business or I can't go and network because I'm not that person I'm, I'm an introvert I just I mean it's still it makes me incredibly uncomfortable still and it's not my you know go-to but it's the same thing like I think all of us as humans we all have the ability to adapt um, it's just the things that we tell ourselves is what actually stops us from doing the things that we know we need to do so thank you so much for sharing that um, okay. So you are, oh, wow. I'm just, I'm blown away because you just have such amazing stories to share and you're so open and, and real with it, which I love. Do you share this with your audience and how do you do it via social media emails? Like what's your, I guess, main marketing channels where you might share some of these stories?
1: Um, yeah. I, I mean, I know I, I share it bit with my students for sure. <laughs> um, that's, that's certainly one of the the channels for which I do that is, is with my students. But, um, and uh, through LaunchX, there's certainly some ways that we, we share. We have our you know, website and some of our resources. There's um, some of our, our fun, goofy channels of like, I know we have our edX course where I am, um, you see like the super goofy side of my personality. We have very fun edX course uh, and videos that like, you know, free edX course where I, you know, me and my, actually my co-star is my videographer and he is a super fun goofball. Uh, <laughs> That's where a lot of our, like, resources and, and a lot more stuff comes from there. Um, and then, yeah, let's see here. Um, I mean, I think that's that's probably a lot of where the different, like, resources and stuff yeah. that we have available are. Okay. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, for for high school students, uh, the summer program is awesome resources. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's obviously all, all about you and your stories and um, what, you know, that your students can learn from you. I love that. Um, And so where to, where, where to next for your business in terms of like over the next year, where do you see yourself investing for growth,
1: marketing team?
0: What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So um, we had run the program online or I mean, in person for the first seven years uh, and growing from a location at MIT to also running, let's see, UMish, Northwestern, UPenn, and then, of course, the last few years, we've been running the program online and are, are going to be running it online this year as well. Um, as far as growth in the coming years, um, I mean, I know one thing that we're um, really looking forward to, to growing out a lot more is some of our uh, resources community for our alumni. Because as I mentioned, the community aspect of this is huge, so really putting a lot into that. Um, and then my, like we've grown the team a little bit and my director and I have been kind of powering a lot on our, our strategic growth going forward of how we're going to be kind of growing things out um, in the program. Because uh, especially now that we have uh, have really put a lot more into the um, resources, everything of this this online program, I think that's setting us up for, for being able to um, have a lot more, you know, programs and it's just a matter of like which direction we have we've had a lot of inbound demand for the program so it's just kind of like strategically prioritizing which of those that we're going to be going after so yeah definitely look forward to some announcements in the coming uh in another year or so of, of what those will be <laughs> oh
0: so cool so cool and then, and what about from a marketing perspective are you looking to target new channels like what what does that look like um in the the, the next year for
1: you um so let's see here by by new channels you mean different folks besides the high school segment or even even if it is well it could be or even if it is in
0: high school <laughs> like you know are you looking to try to reach them a different way like anything anything that you've been thinking about from a marketing perspective
1: yeah so um I know uh we've we've had a number of for example like educators reaching out to us interested in um you know whether they'd be able to uh, leverage our resources a bit more. I know a number of them already use our uh, edX course as well as workbook. Uh, So determining if we're going to put a little bit more formalization around that. Uh, And then also from, you know, marketing perspective, putting together a a few more like partnerships with other um, organizations as well as high school networks to be able to, you know, have have a lot more. Cause I mean, I think right now, since, um, since it is the, the way we have it structured, there, there's only like certain number of students that we're running through the program each summer. So figuring out how best to be able to have those different like partnerships and educators and everything to be able to, to support even more students. Oh, so cool. So cool. Wow. Laurie,
0: this has been so helpful for everyone listening to this. So thank you so much for coming on the Remarkable Entrepreneur podcast. If anyone is listening to this, maybe some parents, maybe some students, um,
1: and they're interested in seeing what you have to offer, where is the best place for them to go? Uh, To our website. Uh, So it's launchx.com. And then the application is at apply.launchx.com. So absolutely, I would love some of y'all to be able to apply to the program. And then even if there's some folks on here that are entrepreneurs themselves are always looking for great uh, mentors and speakers. Uh, So would welcome you all to go to the, the website or even just email us at info at if you'd be interested in supporting some of our awesome young entrepreneurs.
0: Amazing. I mean, I maybe I'll, I'll have I'll go check it out too. But for everyone else on here, we'll definitely be leaving those links in the show notes. So um thank you so much, Laurie. This has been so awesome Uh for everyone else listening. I know, I know that you love this episode. So please leave us a review, a rating, subscribe to this podcast, share with all your friends. Uh, thank you so much again. Once again, Laurie. And for everyone else. We will see you on the next one. Bye. Deidre Shen here. Thank you so much for listening to The Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just Do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, Go to our website, deidreyshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Shan. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time.